this is the Warriors Community Podcast, a platform to share personal stories that inspire, equip, and empowers those who listen. Everyone has something in their story that is relatable. Everyone has a lesson to be learned from their story. And everyone has a tool to give to someone else to use on their personal journey. Our hope and prayer, the mission of the Warriors community, is that as you listen, as you hear people's struggles and their failures, but also their wins and successes, that you feel inspired, motivated, and encouraged, but that you also feel equipped and you walk away with tools to use on your journey and that you feel empowered to keep going, especially if you're in a place where you are struggling too. We hope that through this podcast, you learn, but you also connect with other women and you can connect with them, not just by listening to this podcast, but you can connect on social media. We really want this to be a place where a community is developed and where women can network, share resources, bond, and develop relationships. We hope that you enjoy this podcast, but we also hope that you join in on the Warriors community. Welcome back to the Warriors community podcast. Last week, we made a big announcement about moving the Enough series to a paid subscription podcast. So you can look for a new Enough episode next Tuesday. We are beginning really a brand new thing here in the Warriors community. And what better way to begin it than with my sister? She is not only my little sister, I call her baby sister. She's not so baby. She is my very best friend. She is someone that I look up to. And she has a story that I've always loved and admired with her marriage. So today she is going to kick off a new part of the Warriors community where we have women coming on the show to share their personal stories about things that are unrelated to the Enough series. There are so many different topics that we can discuss. And I think my sister has a really good story to tell. And she's always been full of wisdom. We call her the wisest one in the family. (laughs) So Elena, welcome. And thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I did not realize that I'm the first one to kick this off. So Oh, that you is exciting. No, I didn't. <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're my favorite person. So that's why I thought, well, if I'm going to ask her, I might as well have her be the first. Well, sweet. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So Elena is mm-hmm. younger than me. Like I said, she got married before I did way before I did. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been married? Um, we got married in November of 2014, so about eight and a half years. Okay. And then we've been together for 10 years. We always joke that, you know, I, I am an Enneagram eight. Mm-hmm. And Elena, what are you? I am a two with a wing nine. Okay, yes. Yeah. So she's a two. I thought you were the two. And she married an Enneagram eight. So Christopher yes. <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. I married a one wing two and Mm -hmm. you and Cody are very similar temperament wise. So we really need each other, each other. Yeah. Which works (laughs) out because we grew up as best friends. So yeah, it's true. I knew what we needed. (laughs) Yeah. We prepped each other our whole lives for our spouses. So that's really good. Elena (laughs) just got married at a a much younger age than Mm -hmm. I did. And you guys had a rough start like from, from dating even, but certainly when you got married, it wasn't that you and Christopher didn't get along and there was all this strife. It was just your life circumstances were really, really hard. And I've watched you two for a decade now work through seriously hard life situations and you've managed to maintain a really good, strong, healthy 
marriage. And that's not Mm -hmm. to say that you haven't had difficult times. I've seen you both in the difficult times. I've seen you both when you aren't happy with each other. Although (laughs) in comparison to what I'm used to, your fights with Christopher are nothing compared to the Mm -hmm. fights that I've had in the past. So that's what I want to talk about today is I feel like you and Chris carry a lot of strength and wisdom in your marriage. And you're really a testament of you can go through really hard times in life and go through it together, connected yeah. and well. Mm-hmm. So before we dive into your marriage story, can you tell us a little bit about how you met Chris and what you two were doing work-wise, school-wise when you started dating? So we met when I was 20 and he was, I think we were both 20. He's six months older than me. So we always kind of have that little over gap. We were both in college and I actually started working at Chick-fil-A, which his dad owns. And I had been working there for about six months or so. And then he came back to work there. And so we met, uh, became friends, had some people get married, went to their weddings in a group or as each other's date. And then I really enjoyed spending time with him. I've never, he's my first boyfriend. Uh So I always had really high standards, very picky, sometimes a little overly picky. And anytime I had been asked out by other guys, I was just like, immediate, no, I don't want to spend my time that way. And then Christopher asked me out and I was like, absolutely. I remember when you pointed Christopher out to me before you were dating, Mm -hmm. because that's not something you would do either. You were also, well, you are still a very private person, but pointing out an attractive guy is not something you did. So we were at Chick-fil-A eating and Mm -hmm. you pointed to him and said, Hey, do you see that guy? I was like, yeah. And I remember you saying something like, I think he's kind of cute. And just that statement alone, I knew it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's how we met. Um, And then we started dating and our first date, I I was a closing manager. And so I got off work at like 1130. And so Chris was, you know, texting me while I was there and he's like, Hey, you know, you want to go out? And I was like, well, I'm closing. He's like, well, IHOP is open all night. So we went to IHOP at midnight and talked until the sun came up and then he dropped me off at my house. And I remember thinking, I'm going to marry that guy whenever he dropped me off. And then a year and a few months later, we were engaged. And then later that year we were married. So that's how we met. We got married when we were still in college. So I had a semester left before I graduated And then Chris had changed his career or not career, but his major. And so he had, I think like another year, year and a half left. So when we got married, we were 22 and 23, both in college. I mean, we got married on a Saturday and then I had to give a presentation on Monday. So (laughs) (laughs) busy weekend. And your first apartment you lived in together was the tiniest apartment it's really not, it, it was one of the biggest options <laughs> that was affordable at that time. But yes, we've definitely come a long way since that apartment. Thank goodness. Um, going back there, is, I can't imagine. That's kind of how we started our marriage, both in college. And then once I graduated, I stayed full-time with Chick-fil-A. I, I got promoted and kind of started learning new aspects of the business. So Chris, he changed his major after I graduated, and so he was in school a little bit more working part-time, we were able to move into a house, which that was really nice, got out of the tiny apartment, and then he went and studied abroad in Italy in 2016. His major was in archaeology and or anthropology. He wanted to be an archaeologist. He loves history, all those things, and he realized once he was over there that that is not what he wants to do in life. So it was his first big trip, you know, after we got married and we were apart for, I think, six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And then I flew out there and we traveled for two weeks um, once he was done. And I remember we were in Rome and it was like 
our first night back together, we were up on the rooftop of our hotel and he was, he was upset because he's worked like so hard in his schooling and has always thought that this is what he wanted to do. But he was like, it's just not for me. Like I, I realized that, like, I love it. I'm passionate about it, but this is not what I think we should do. And in that conversation, I brought up, he always played football all through high school. He couldn't play in college because of an injury, but he loved sports and football. And so I even brought up, what if you coached? And he's like, that's something I've thought about before, but you know, I've always been set on this one thing. And so we, whenever we got back, then he, you know, kind of decided like, I'm going to finish up school with my current degree because I'm almost done. And then he volunteered at his high school and volunteer coach there for a season and fell in love with it. And so then he decided, this is what I want to do. I want to coach football. And so then he went back to school (laughs) to get his master's uh, education so that he could get a full-time job out of school, teach and coach. So we were at his high school. He worked there for, I think, three seasons. Yeah, three full seasons. And then he had the volunteer season. So four years all together with that team. And then that last season, uh, we were both feeling just kind of stuck. And we couldn't put a finger on it because like I have a great job, people that I absolutely love. Same with him, like the coach community, the family at that school is incredible. I mean, just role models, amazing people. And we were like, we have all these people that love us and support us. Why do we feel so stuck and suffocated? We both really started praying. And I remember going to him and saying, you know, when we first started dating, I felt like in a weird way, and I don't know how to like say this without sounding like high and mighty or whatever, but I, I always felt like him and I were meant to be on like a platform and I don't know what that looks like. I still don't know what that looks like, but I just had this sense of God's going to take us somewhere really big and use us for something bigger than we, we could ever imagine. And so in the moments of feeling stuck, I went to him and I said, what if you weren't supposed to be coaching high school? what if it should be college? And then his response was, I've been thinking of college too. So we both had that realization separately and then came to each other and we're like, okay, we're on the same page. So the thing with coaching, for those that don't know, um, there's high school coaching, which is pretty secure. You know, you teach and you have your fall or whatever. College coaching is a whole different world. Totally different world. Completely different. The whole family (laughs) is shocked to learn, oh, this is how college and NFL function. It's (laughs) it's insane. Right. And, and so, you know, we talked and we were like, okay, we don't have kids. We, at at that time we had saved some money and put some things away. And we were like, okay, if we're going to make this crazy transition from having a very secure you know, job security and a home and all these, this great community that loves us. If we're going to follow what we feel is God's calling and let's do it now before we have kids. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We, we made the jump. He talked to the head coach at that high school and said, this is where I feel, you know, God's calling us. And he said, if that's what God's doing, then you got to do it. Which doesn't happen often. So yes, even the support system that you both had at that time was very strong. And for him to have a boss who, a a boss who was supportive and encouraging and was for him personally and didn't just care about the job. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, we, we love him. We're still really close to him and his wife. Um, They're a great family. So yeah, so we, he, he quit his job without having anything lined up in college. I remember that. And I loved that. Yeah. Other people who are not big risk takers were confused or maybe disagreed. I'm a huge risk taker. I'm a huge action person. I'm big on faith. 
Like I, I would say if one of my spiritual gifts was strong, it's the faith one. And so right. Christopher did that. I was like, yes. Yes. So for that, when maybe our parents and his parents were kind of like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You and they were like, we support you, but what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Like your paychecks are going to end. I think he, he officially like resigned in March and was going to finish out the semester. And so it was like, Hey, like your our second income is, is going to come to a close in mm. May. <laughs> and this was 2020, correct? This, no, all- this, this was 2019. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was 2019. And then in May of 2019, he got a call from a, a coach out of school in Texas. It was saying, close to where we all grew up. Yes. Close to, to family and everything my, or my family and said, we have a position, but it is a volunteer position, which means you don't get paid, which for those that don't know, that is a very common thing in college football. So you have like your head coaches and associate coaches and everything, assistant coaches that get paid big bucks, depending on the level of, of the college, get paid huge bucks. And then as you dwindle down the ladder, <laughs> there are tons of people that they don't pay. Yep. And they kind of claim it as one, you get experience, which is so true. And then you network. So like college football is a lot of networking. Like you get jobs, not because your application and your resume stood out. You get jobs because of who you know. That opportunity came up. We prayed about it. It was right next to family. And so we took it. Um, And like I said earlier, we did have some savings and we mentally prepared (laughs) (laughs) Or, okay, I I think we can probably do about a year with Chris not working and just on one income. Um, And there were some other things that fell into place that, you know, really made that easier to do. And then COVID hit. (laughs) COVID hit right Mm -hmm. as his first season of working for free was coming to a close. Right. Yeah. Right. So we were at that, that school for a season and it was great. I mean, the, the guy he worked directly under is an amazing man and he learned so much from him. And then, you know, the season ended, there were some job changes, which again, in college football, that happens every year. Like you, there are some people that literally move every single year. Mm-hmm. which is just wild. And so Chris was, okay, I finished the season. Other jobs are happening. You know, will I take them? Will I not? So he was interviewing all this stuff. And then we thought that we were going to be able to stay at that school. They were going on spring break and said, we'll talk when we get back from spring break. Everybody knows that spring break lasted. <laughs> yes. Nobody came back from spring break. You know, no one is prepared for a pandemic and no one's hiring during that time. And so I, I understand that that door closed and why, why it closed to not be able to stay at that. It makes sense, but it went from, we were mentally and financially prepared for a year to, oh no, that year is up. (laughs) Yep. And now nobody is hiring. Yep. He, he was luckily able to get like a seasonal job at one of the high schools that was right around the corner from our house. And, you know, I think they played like almost a full season, which for COVID year, you know, that's pretty big. And he, you know, gave him the opportunity to still work and get out of the house and do what he loves. And then after that, then he got an opportunity at another school down here in Arkansas. So moved from one part of Arkansas to Texas for a couple of years and then Texas back to Arkansas. And that's where we currently are. So it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, it's been a roller coaster. But what I what I love is the things that you've gone through are those everyday thing. I don't know if everyday is the word. It's like, this is real life mm-hmm. stuff. This is stuff that married couples face all the time. It's not about trauma. It's not about some horrible, tragic event that happened. 
it is the life decisions that you have to make as a team every day. Yeah. So going all the way back to the beginning of your marriage, you both started out in school. He's only working part-time. Neither one of you are making a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So especially you're young, you're newlyweds. So that's a factor that everyone has to figure out. And then you're both still in school and working. And I remember both of you were exhausted, just constantly (laughs) on the go. And there were times where I would ask you, when do you two even see each other? So I want to start all the way back there. All of the typical marriage things that you've got to figure out. You got to figure out each other. You got to figure out quality time. You have to figure out finances. How did you two do that? Because you're, I would say, usually that first year of marriage tends to be pretty rough because you're learning. Yeah. You two really had a good relationship. And I would say a good first year relationally, despite all of this other stuff you're having to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So going back, one, we did premarital counseling. So, yes. Yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend that because it brings up questions and topics and everything that you just never thought you needed to talk about. And then when you're like, oh, I don't know. And then the I don't know becomes actually, I feel very strongly about this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you tend to do because you're not yeah. super emotional and you're very private until all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I am a very go with the flow person I just whatever makes everybody happy like I just want to be with my people yeah I don't care what we're doing where we're going I just want to be with my people but the things that I do care about I like put my foot down I'm just like you're gonna give me this (laughs) (laughs) because Uh I actually care for once yes Um, whereas Christopher he is like very similar to you is very opinionated about the majority of Mm-hmm. And so it, it works out well, you know, us coming together because there's things that he's very strong willed about. And I'm like, I could care less about that. So right here, here you go. Yes. <laughs> um, I think going back to that first year, it, it was helpful because one, I had been like financially independent for a couple of years. I was paying for school. I was paying all of my bills. Um, everything like that. And so I had figured out a system to be able to cover all those things and have a tiny bit of wiggle room on my own. And then Christopher, he was paying for a lot of his stuff, but because he was also primarily doing school over work, he had family support and everything in case of emergency. Yeah. When we were engaged, we came together and said, you know, this is what's really worked for me what do you think? And so we just kind of weighed out, like, this is what he's doing. This is what I'm doing. And we just kind of combined the two, but we definitely talked about how are we going to handle our finances before marriage? Yep. And what does that look like? And like, some people are like, well, the men take care of that, but I had been so independent. I was like, no, I'm used to <laughs> doing everything <laughs> myself. Like I have, I have to know. Chris is totally fine with that. So we've never struggled on really like how to deal with finances. We've always had to have those conversations because they obviously change every year, um, right? You know, sometimes even every month. So we have to check in with each other. Communication is like the biggest factor, not just with finances, but just in that first year, especially with learning how to effectively communicate with each other and know that like he might be upset about a situation but that doesn't mean that he's upset with me and so I I think that that's the biggest thing I would say like our first couple years of marriage was being able to be like yes I am upset but you didn't make me upset just like the circumstances are so like you don't need to get defensive. I'm just telling you how I feel. That's something Cody and I are working out. Yeah. <laughs> because 
I am, I'm very similar to Christopher. So usually when he has those very strong opinionated moments, I'm like, sure, I, I get it. I'm with you, but it's just passion. And we're having to work through that. Cause like I said, my husband is typically pretty calm. Yeah. Have a similar temperament. And so there are times when I'm super passionate about something and he's like, are we fighting? I don't yeah <laughs> yes and I and I would have that too I'd be like I'm so sorry and then Chris yeah. is like why are you apologizing to me I was like I don't know <laughs> I thought you were mad <laughs> um, and and so yeah figuring that out and then just finding time to be with each other mm-hmm. because in my mind when we got married I was like oh my gosh we're gonna live together and it's going to be great. And we're going to see each other, you know, all the time. And it was not that. And then I realized, and then I realized that before living together, all of the times we saw each other were intentional. It was all planned. Right now that we're living together, like just because you're in the same room doesn't mean you're connecting. And so that was something that we both had to recognize and like, I had to really communicate because I was like, oh, we'll just catch on. Yeah. And then, and then, I, and then frustration would build up. And then I would have like a meltdown and he's like, I don't understand why you're so mad. I remember <laughs> you saying something when, when you were working that out, mm-hmm. my, my memory is a little fuzzy. So you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was something like you were going to the store for something and you asked him if he wanted to go and he said no. And you were like, I'm sorry. It, you know, me. it probably was. It was <laughs> probably the smallest thing that just like yeah. made me like, snap. We, we do everything together. And and I and so I want to ask because that's something that I think is a huge struggle in marriages and it's forever changing how you need to address that mm-hmm. is you you end up in a space where you're just coexisting. And sometimes you don't even recognize that. I just recently had a conversation with my husband because, you know, he's a pilot. He travels often. Yeah. Especially the first couple of days when he's been home, he's tired. And he's like, I want to turn the TV on. I want to talk about nothing. I don't want you or anyone to need anything. There's a level where I'm like, I want to have grace for that. But then there's another level where I'm like, oh my gosh, you've been gone. I have all these things to tell you. And all the conversations I'm going to have, but then you just end up eating dinner and watching TV. And Mm -hmm. finally, recently I, I talked to him and I said, can we have like a date night? Even if it's just sitting outside on the back patio, can we have one night a week? And and I know it's subject to change because of his schedule, but I need a time where we are intentionally getting out of this house we are face-to-face having conversations because we recognize, oh, we're starting to butt heads in areas that are dumb that we wouldn't yeah. normally. So I think having some awareness of, oh, we're fighting more or, hey, oh, we're not talking as much. That's a really yeah. good indicator that you need more time. So yes. for people who struggle with that, and maybe maybe there's a listener who is going, okay, well, my spouse doesn't really talk to me anymore. And we're actually kind of okay with that at this point. It's just easier. Yeah. What would you say as advice to them? Because I feel like from the beginning, you and Chris made communication and made quality time a huge priority. So, yeah. so I guess two questions that from that, all of that to say, one question is, how did you make that a priority? How do you continue to do that? And then the second question is, what advice would you give someone? Mm-hmm. So I think making a priority, when we were dating, we were very, very poor. And so we went on walks a lot, mm-hmm. free dates, walk around campus, which at the University of Arkansas is the prettiest campus ever. So like, why would you not? <laughs> so we would walk around there. We would go to parks or, or hiking. And we always did stuff that unplugged you and made you communicate that just became I, I 
kind of our strongest pillar of our relationship. But then when we got married and especially once he became a coach, because coaches were 14, 16 hour days and their schedules are crazy. And I mean, he's gone all the time. Then when he would come home, he would want to do nothing. And like you were saying, when Cody comes home, you know, I don't, I don't want to do anything or go anywhere, have to deal with this stuff. I just want to relax. And Chris's way of relaxing is like playing video games. He zones <laughs> out or he stays up all night because that's when his phone doesn't blow up. That's no one else is awake. <laughs> Nobody so, needs him. Yeah. yeah, no one needs him. Yeah. And so I was taking that personally. And I was like, he doesn't want to spend time with me, not realizing that he's just trying to decompress from right. everything. So then I'm pushing him and I'm upset, you know, being like, you don't want to spend time with me. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And so he's not able to decompress. So then he would get frustrated and it would just become so much more of a bigger issue than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And so we had had, I don't know, probably a, a pretty big fight about it and then the next day we went on a date and he was like we've got to figure this out because what we're doing is not work and so he said I need to decompress so me as his wife needs to give him that time and and not take it personally and then I need to communicate with him when I am feeling upset instead of holding it in and letting it go. And then it builds up and builds up and builds up and I explode. Yeah. So he was like, if you need me, if we need to get out, we need to do this. You need to tell me because I have so much going on. It's not that you're not important to me and I don't see it. I just maybe don't realize how much you need from me in that moment. Yeah. And so just tell me, like, I'm not a mind reader. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, so, I love that. I mean, just from that night, we agreed to, okay, if you are feeling a certain way, or if you need me to do something for you, you've got to communicate it. We're not going to do the whole passive thing, or, you know, I'm going to say this or that and see if they catch on. It's like, no, like you're going to tell me. (laughs) And it goes both ways. Like he has to tell me things and I have to tell him things. So yeah, just communication and then in those times that you feel like you're okay with not spending time with them get with yourself and ask yourself why like the big root of why don't I want to spend time with them Mm. and like it's going to take time to find like the root of it and sometimes it might surprise you and be like oh I didn't realize that that was actually the thing that was bothering me and then once you figure it out then like you have to have that difficult conversation like difficult conversations are always going to lead to healing and growth in your relationship. Like it's not fun in the moment (laughs) at all, (laughs) but as long as you go into it peaceful and not a way of attacking, then you're going to get somewhere. I remember a movie, it's called End of Watch. It has Jake Gyllenhaal in it and it came out, oh, probably a decade ago. And it's a movie about these two partners who they're, they're policemen and their partners in a really rough area. And it's a great movie. I suggest watching it. Yeah. I remember watching an interview with him and I forget the name of the guy who plays his partner. He's hilarious though. And they did a lot of real training for this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I don't remember exactly the question. It, I think it was something around what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned yeah. In, in being partners. And they both said, you've got to cover your partner. When you mm-hmm. are out there, nothing is about you. It is yeah. about your partner and you have to make sure that your partner is taken care of. The yeah. second you start thinking about yourself, you die. Jake John Hall made a comment about, it's my job to think about him and it's mm-hmm. his job to think about me. And if we're both doing our job, we both have our needs met. And for some reason that has stuck with me all of these years later, because I thought that that goes so perfectly in any relationship, but certainly a marriage 
it, and I remind myself of that so often when we have to communicate about difficult things, I have to sit there and go, well, first, first I get introspective and I have to go, is this about me or is this about Mm -hmm. me? I have to, I have to train myself to think in terms of the conversation can't be about me trying to get him to see me, hear me, no, which we all do. And I catch myself in that. And some, and, yeah. and, and there's, there's a place for that. Sure. Yeah. The conversation really should be, I need to understand you so that I know how to cover you. And so that I know how right. to interact and be with you and meet your needs. Right. And that's been a hard lesson to learn. And that is always what I think about. And so I've, it, I've also had you and Chris as examples who communicate really well, yeah. very different people. Yeah. And I mean, I love that you, you brought that up and, you know, in those conversations, you know, it, there are times where you think like, oh gosh, what did I do? Or you start <laughs> looking at the conversation more aimed at yourself. Mm-hmm. But I've also noticed that when you go into conversations in that kind of mindset, then it be that's when it all gets twisted because you've already made your mind up of where the conversation is going to go and and then you aren't trusting in what they're saying so like if you do find yourself kind of going down that mindset of and then you start feeling defensive like there's nothing wrong with asking the clarifying questions of like okay like do you feel that way because mm-hmm. i did this or whatever but when you do ask those questions trust their answer don't ask them and then get mad at them or be like well I don't believe yeah you know because it's like well then why didn't you ask (laughs) (laughs) right and Chris is someone that would be like okay well why did you ask that question if you don't believe yeah and and so you know I I will say that the big like he's taught me because he's very black and white like I'm gonna tell you how I feel I'm gonna be honest and truthful whether you like it or not. And I'm sorry if it hurts your feelings, but like, I'm not going to lie to you. So when we first got married, cause I'm more of a sensitive person, then I was like, Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Why are you talking to me this way? Not that he was ever rude about it, but it was just like, well, that's not what I want to hear. It's abrasive. He's very assertive. Yes. And, and, and it can be abrasive. So if you're yeah, not, if you, if that, you don't know him shocking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And so, but now I'm just like, I I kind of expect that from everybody now. And I find myself kind of being that way with people. And I'm just like, it's just better to be direct and honest. (laughs) (laughs) And let's just get to the point. (laughs) And I'm glad you said that because one of my questions was going to be, what, what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from your husband and Mm -hmm. and everything you've been through together? Would that be it or would it be something different? I would say being more direct and just kind of like standing up for myself because I I was a really big pushover almost a big people pleaser and I still am to an extent because of that I I ended up working nonstop and then he was coaching and we we were not seeing each other and then it was like oh well we would see each other a lot if we both set boundaries and he has no problem setting boundaries. <laughs> no, he does not. And then, and then we, my schedule is like, why do you need to be there? Why do you have to go help? Why, like, why do you have to be involved in every single aspect when that's not your responsibility at work? And I was like, but they asked me. <laughs> or, they just want me there. I was invited. So. Of, course, of course I said yes, of course. And it's like, okay, well. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so exhausted and complaining about everything all the time. And that was literally like a, a question I had once. And Chris just looks at me. He's like, well, maybe if you stop saying yes to everybody, you would have time to breathe. And I was just like, that was rude, but so true. So he's kind of pushed me and I've learned how to like set boundaries for myself and for work and people and friendships and everything that are healthy boundaries. And not like I'm cutting, you know, people out or <laughs> only doing what's in my job description, right. but it, it's definitely helped with that. Yeah. So. Oh, that's good. And I think that's also 
a, a very real struggle that married couples have. Yeah. Especially in America, we so value work. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you really think about it, usually when you first meet someone, one of the first questions you ask them is what do you do? Meaning yeah. your job. And we don't realize how a mesh our identity is with our job and what we do and our job or volunteer work or whatever it is. And we take a lot of pride in being involved in all of these things. And I think that's fine until it's not fine. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to shave things off is really important. So I love that you guys did that because you, you're like, I have no idea what's wrong here. And then when you deep dive into it, you're going, Oh yeah, we do do all of these things. You know, I can even say for Cody and I, when we first started dating and the first several months of our marriage, he was flying internationally. He was gone two or three weeks out of the month. And I was working a job that required a lot of hours and was super intense. And both of our jobs were really, what's the ending? They were really demanding, but um, unpredictable is the word. Oh, right. Okay. Our schedules could change any minute, any hour. And that was tough. So we, we were forced into a place where we were like, if we want any kind of quality time, we have to fight for that. Yeah. That, that was something that we just had to do, or we weren't going to make it. So that came easy for us, for other people you may have to muster up that will and that bite in you. That's so true. So like Christopher, he, he could work all day long. Not, not that he doesn't realize it, but he's okay with working all day long. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of different aspects to coaching that does take a, a full day, but sometimes you have to like pull him out of that world and remind him that there's other things going on. And he also is someone that goes above and above and beyond in everything. And and that's something that I absolutely love about him. And I'm so thankful for that and his work ethic and just his character. But there are times where I've had to be like, hey, like, because he likes to feel accomplished. And so I I have to tell him, and I know I've told you the same thing of like, hey, spending time with family is still accomplishing. Yes. Pause. I know, I know you were so into that episode and I know you hate ads just like I usually do, but I want to take a second and tell you about the Warriors Apparel. Why Warriors Apparel? Well, it's to remind yourself who you are, a warrior. If you would like your own warrior shirt, you can go to the Warriors Instagram Click on the link tree located in the bio and you will find right at the top, remind yourself who you are apparel. You can choose from a hoodie, crew neck, unisex t-shirt, or a v-neck t-shirt. They come in two different colors and all the sizes. Go to the link in the bio on Instagram to purchase yours today. Now back to your favorite podcast accomplishing doesn't always have to revolve around work. Yeah. There's so many different aspects of your life that you can be productive in and feel accomplished in. And so he's told me like, I don't recognize when I need to be pulled out of work world. And so sometimes I have to like force him to go on a walk with me. (laughs) And he's like, I don't want to go for like, no, I have all this stuff to do. I'm like, it's 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. we're going we're going to go for a walk and normally you can tell that like he's kind of stressed in like the first few minutes and then we just start talking and then we get back home and he's like thanks I needed that right and so I I think if you have a partner or spouse or whatever that you know that they need help recognizing those things like obviously don't be rude about it <laughs> Yeah, it's not helpful. But just kind of be like, hey, just for this short amount of time, like you mentally need this. You mm-hmm. need a reset. You just don't realize that you need it mm-hmm. or you won't make yourself do it. Um, so that I know that that's been really helpful for us, like especially when we haven't spent a lot of time together. We 
normally just go for a walk and yeah. it's simple, but it makes you put your phone away and you just talk or like here in our town, there's like this really pretty overlook that has like all these rocking chairs set out around it and it overlooks the river. Oh, I <laughs> love so, that place. You took yeah. us there. I loved that place. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we actually went there Sunday and went for a walk and then just sat there and just mm -hmm. talked. So a, a lot of our reconnecting and de-stressing together as a couple happens around walking or yeah. like we used to do, we haven't been able to do it as much this year, but we used to do like fire pit Fridays where we oh, would yeah. every Friday that. night, we would have a fire pit in our backyard for an hour or two and just talk. So like just setting time aside without your phone, without all the distractions and just let the conversation go. And it's not always serious talks. Like sometimes it's all really lighthearted things, mm -hmm. but sometimes that's just kind of what you need depending yeah. on what you're going through in life. <laughs> that's so. really good. But how do you build trust and connection with someone to get to that level? Because something I've seen in both of you, like we've stated, Chris is a really strong personality. He has mm -hmm. a tendency to be stubborn. Yeah. And you are a much softer personality, but I have seen you give him one look across the room and he backs down. <laughs> the eye contact and the facial expressions. And he's like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. I've also seen him, like you said, push you and kind of put you in your place and go, no, you need to go after this. So yeah. how, how did you two build a relationship where your, your pride and your ego isn't getting in your way and you're just going, oh, got it. Okay. I'm done. I'll sit down. Well, we don't always have it perfect. <laughs> I'll say that <laughs> even after 10 years of being together, we can still definitely, we can definitely push each other's buttons sometimes. Um, it has gotten better. But one, we have a lot of respect for each other and we always have who he is as a person, as an individual, I just respect and, and he does the same for me. And we, you know, some people, like when we were dating, we were very independent outside of our relationship. And we actually have like a lot of coworkers and stuff that were like, did y'all break up? Like, I'll just don't act like a couple or whatever. We've never been very needy. Mm -hmm. with each other it and I we're a great couple but we also have our lives outside of our relationship like we're both very secure in who we are outside of our relationship and I think that that builds a lot of respect for each other I I think in that though me as a wife and him as a husband is to hold each other accountable and not let each other slip in their character or their morals that's a good and, way to say that. I think a lot of people get hung up on, they just want you to do things a certain way because that's what they like, or that's what they think they need. But yeah, it is about, no, it's my job to step in when I see you, you're you out of character or yeah, going against yeah. conviction. Right. And so we both have always held each other accountable or just kind of, I don't like using the term call each other out because that just sounds I don't aggressive. know, aggressive at times, but just kind of pointing out like, what's your mindset through this decision or, you know, why are you handling this thing this way or, or whatever. And, and so I think that through the roller coaster that we've been through, it's made us have to trust each other. And like a lot of our circumstances, you know, they aren't perfect, you know, yet. And I, we're still going through a lot, <laughs> a lot of them. But one thing that we've held on to is one, our relationship with the Lord as a couple, but also as individuals, that's been very helpful. And then holding each other accountable to keep that relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's like, there's times that I really struggle with something and Chris will encourage me, you know, to like go out, you know, cause I love being outside and like gardening and stuff. And that's kind of like my prayer quiet time where I get yeah. the alarm. I sound like an old lady, but, uh, but Chris will push me and be like, you know, go outside or bake something. Cause that's like therapeutic to me. And just, 
I can always tell where you're at based on how much you are baking mm-hmm. because you will stress bake, but you also will bake when you're like really working something out with the Lord. So yeah. I know it can mean one of a few things when you're yeah. <laughs> serious baking. <laughs> or sometimes it's just, I, this just looks really good or sounds good. And so yeah. I'm just going to make Actually, it. I did ask you that the other day, you posted something on Instagram and it looked really complicated. So I responded and I was like, are, are you good? Was this stress yeah. <laughs> or happy baking? And you're like, no, I just found a recipe. <laughs> I saw a video on Instagram and I made it. Uh, <laughs> that's what that was. <laughs> but I do the same for Christopher, you know, when he's really stressed and I'm like, but have you slowed down? Like, have you prayed about it? Have you gotten in the word? We definitely try to hold each other accountable and it, that's easier said than done. You know, it's not my job to make sure that he's, you know, reading his Bible every day and doing quiet time and all the stuff. And not that's not job his job. To, no. Yeah. And that's not his job to do that for me but we do need to encourage each other and hold each other up when we need it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really know if that fully answers your question, but no, I just think that respect. That was great. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. And it, that eventually builds trust over time and yeah. also going through trials and having those difficult conversations and then coming out of them mm-hmm. that builds your relationship, makes your relationships so much stronger. Mm-hmm. It's not fun, <laughs> not nope. fun to go through at all, but it, I, I always have more appreciation for Chris once we've come out of something. And then also just as individuals, just checking in with God and like through really difficult times, kind of stepping back and looking at things big picture instead of focusing on like this one thing isn't budging. And then you step back and you think of all the prayers you've been praying and you're like, oh, but the majority of my prayers have been answered. (laughs) Right. I've just been fixated on this one thing that God's still working on, but that doesn't mean that he's not there. And I think respecting someone's autonomy, despite whether or not you agree or understand Mm -hmm. something is really important. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of those conversations where Cody may make a decision where I'm going, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we might, and I might express that, but I, sometimes I'll hold that in and go, you know what, it, it, that's his thing. And I'm going to let him make that choice. And it, yeah. And and when you're controlling and micromanaging, that is exhausting really yourself for everyone, but mostly for you (laughs) Right. time to be that concerned about mm-hmm. things. And so if there's a decision made that is not my favorite and there's a fail or what I thought would happen happens to come and say, I told you so, or have a converse, a condescending conversation doesn't build trust. So I always ask no. those questions of, okay, if I come at him like this, is that building connection or is it building disconnection? Yeah. So no, I love that. That's great. And also you don't know how God is working in, in his life. So Mm -hmm. you don't know if God's using that and what you would label as a poor decision, right. (laughs) As a lesson (laughs) for him to grow for something that you don't know what for down the road. But I mean, I, I can definitely look back in our multiple years of marriage where I'm like, man, we could have done that better. Or I wish we did this. But now where we are now versus then I'm like, oh, I see why we went through that. I see why we, that poor decision has led to these lessons or led to this growth in our marriage that we desperately need to face this new thing. So you never know. And like, it doesn't make it easy. um, (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. Before we end. For any listener who is sitting here going, I don't like where my marriage is, whether you Mm -hmm. are fighting all the time or whether you just move in different circles and you're coexisting. And and this person is sitting here going, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change my marriage. What is some practical 
and spiritual advice that you would give? Mm. I would say one, look at yourself and dissect that and figure out why, like what you think is the root to have a conversation, an open and honest conversation. And, you know, there's times where we have conversations where we preface it of, hey, I'm just asking how you feel. I'm not probably not going to like your answer, but your feelings are your feelings. And I'm not going to get defensive or attack you for that. And then, you know, depending on whatever you're going through, like, it's okay to like seek counseling and therapy and everything, <laughs> everything together. We haven't had to do that, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know? Or at least seek the, the counsel of someone that you trust. You know, right. we, we've gone to people instead of therapy or marriage counseling, which we we've done, we did the pre-marriage, yeah. but we've gone to trusted couples who have been married for a long time and we respect their marriage and they have a good, healthy marriage and yeah. maybe said, okay, so, so what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And, and also when you do go to people don't have a dogging mindset, it's not a, I'm pointing my finger at him or I'm pointing my finger at her. Yeah. Um, it's, a, this is just the situation. Yep. This is where we're at. And we've both made mistakes mm-hmm. and that's okay, but we want to move forward and go to somebody who's for both of you. Like right. I, I intentionally choose to go to the people that I know are going to push me like you yeah. push me. And I can think of a couple other people that I can call and I can be super real and say, this is what's pissing me off right now. And y'all are not going to allow me to complain or sit in it. And and Mm -hmm. I go to you on purpose because of that. So I would also have people who are going to just side with you, your husband, that's dumb. It just makes it worse. It just makes everything worse. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then I, I would say spiritually, just like individually and as a couple get in the word, get in prayer the reason I say, you know, individually and a couple is because like God should be the center of your life and your marriage, but those are two separate things. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. No, I So, agree. you know, you, you have to, if, to grow, like if I'm not growing individually, then how would my marriage grow right. spiritually, you know? So. Right. Absolutely. Are there any books or podcasts or anything that you have have read or listened to that I can put in the show description for people that you're like that was super helpful for me in our marriage or just for our marriage yeah so recently I'm actually I'm not a huge reader because it makes me really tired um but it's something that I am working on um but a book that I read in the last year was the circle maker and it, okay. it takes a deep dive on prayer and the miracles of God. It was a perspective of prayer that I've never looked at before. Mm-hmm. And so that was super helpful. And, and it dove kind of into, into fasting and your relationship with God and how prayer impacts everything around you. And so for me, it, it was huge. I actually went into... January, like feeling like, Hey, I I should do a Daniel fast. And I've never been someone to do fasting like ever, because I love food so much. (laughs) And, uh, and so I, I did that and I, it just really, I feel more connected to God in that way. And they have a book that kind of piggybacks off of it called the draw the circle. And it's like a 40 day prayer challenge. And so we actually just got that and we're going to go through the book together. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm going to put that in the show description. I always like to have something tangible that people Mm -hmm. can walk away with. Yeah. So with all of that to say, I think we've given some good tools and hopefully some good advice. For anyone who's listening and you're going, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. We would love for you to go to the Warriors Community Instagram, join the Warriors Community Facebook group, or even TikTok. Can you message people on TikTok? I'm new to TikTok. 
I just can't. I don't know. I don't. I'm not on TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> just you can message us. Find us on social media. All of it is the Warriors community. And tell us your story. Or if you have questions, that's one reason why we created the Warriors Community Facebook group is so people could interact with each other. I know you are in all of those. So people right. can find you there. You're Elena Bryant. So if they want to ask a question in the Facebook group and tag you in it, they can. So yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. I know we of took course. a lot of time today, but I think this is really good. And I'm excited to see you this weekend. It's your birthday. I know. It's it is my birthday, birthday weekend. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.